Mike Pettin has thrown his hat in the ring for Vikings defensive coordinator. We'll talk about what all of that means here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You liked it on three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. You can also find the show on Amazon Fire or Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app for all of the things in the Minnesota world of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, and. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. Just pick two to five of your favorite players and whether or not they'll score more or less than their Prize Picks projection. You can get up to 10 times your money on entry. First time users get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Obviously, the big news of the day is that Mike Pettin interviewed for a defensive coordinator. You're Watching this on Thursday, um, this is when Brian Flores is also scheduled to interview, and those are the four that we know of. So unless they add anybody else last minute, that's probably who we're picking from. And uh, go listen to Monday's episode for my thoughts on Brian Flores, but short version, I'm a fan. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of Sean Desai even, and Ryan Nielsen I don't really get. Uh, this one I like less than all three of those. This is by far my least favorite option. And um, I'll... By the end of the show, you'll hopefully understand why I feel that way. But when we come across this, where like the team is doing something we don't like, right? I always feel like it's important to give it a fair shake. So let's really think through it. And if it really is as bad of an idea as we are assuming that it is, then thinking through it will only kind of embolden us in that take, right? Give us a, a better kind of foundation on which to talk about. Um, but first, there's a question I've gotten a whole bunch of times today, so I'll answer that, which is, is this just a courtesy thing? And I would be very surprised to learn that it was just a courtesy interview. Um, Mike Pettin has been a mentor to Kevin O'Connell for many years. O'Connell's talked about that um, since they were on the Jets together, and Kevin O'Connell was a backup quarterback for the Jets, and Mike Pettin was there. I believe that was the the hard knocks here, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. Um, so they've been they've known each other for a long time and that's why Petten got brought in not necessarily to run the defense but to sort of be an, an experienced voice somebody who's been a head coach before who's failed at head coach before and can you know hopefully impart the lessons he's learned learned from that um and also as a you know a three four zone match guy that he's been for his whole career um and and I think a lot of people look at that and they say well maybe he's just doing his friend a favor by giving him an interview and I don't think that that is necessarily logical. Um, for one, if it is like a courtesy, if it's a professionalism move, that's kind of a patronizing move. I don't know. If it were me, I wouldn't want to be called in to interview for a job that I don't have a chance of actually getting. Um, I, I wouldn't take that as a sign of respect. I would actually kind of take it the opposite way. And I have that has happened to me. Um, and it, it doesn't feel good. Um, but that's just me personally. I don't know what what his feelings are on that. But also Mike Pettin is, I think, associate head coach or assistant head coach. Like 
he has a very high position on the staff and making him defensive coordinator would add responsibilities, but I don't know if I would necessarily consider it a promotion, um, but rather sort of a, like a lateral move of anything. This would be very similar to when Gary Kubiak became offensive coordinator. You had Kevin Stefanski and Gary Kubiak was kind of, you know, an experienced voice in the room. Stefanski leaves. You just put Kubiak in the role because that's the path of least resistance. Um, but they did that after 2019, the Vikings had a, a, a top 10 offense, um, but that offense they were thrilled with. They had just made the playoffs. They even won a playoff game. So they had all the reason in the world to keep continuity. Um, and Kevin Stefanski left to be a head coach. So they just had a role to fill and they didn't want to screw anything up. They actively got rid of a guy. Like they went to Ed Donatel and fired him and we are going in a different direction. So, I would be very surprised if this is what the move, uh, and I would be fairly upset if this were the move, because if you are going to stick with the status quo, stick with the guy that was in the room, and, you know, Mike Pettin, I, I've said a lot when it comes to Donatel, hey, you know, the, the staff made these problems. It is the staff as a whole, and it's not just Donatel. You can't just look at one guy and say, well, that guy was the cancer and absolve all of the rest of the people in the in the room. No, there's a lot of people in team meetings making bad decisions that ended up um, costing the Vikings their season, ultimately. So Mike Pettin has his share of that blame. I mean, he carries his, his uh, portion of the sins, right? So giving him the job, to me, it would read like, well, look, everybody happy? We got rid of a guy, and that Donatel was just kind of a sacrificial lamb, but that they don't think that there was anything, you know, systemically wrong with the way the defense operated. Um, and I don't think anybody would agree with that. I think that would be pretty naive. Like, that would be the message it, it sends. Um, so, but the thing is, I don't think it's a courtesy interview. I don't think it's it's a an honor thing or a respect thing. I, I do think that they're genuinely considering Mike Pettin for the job. And my question, my first question would have to be, so what changes then between Donatel and Mike Pettin? And part, like part of the reason I wasn't into firing at Donatel in the middle of the season was because Mike Pettin takes over. And my perception is that he kind of does the same stuff. He does a lot of soft, a lot of off coverage, a lot of, um, he, it, Packers fans hated it when he would drop like Rashawn Gary into coverage. Um, so that, you know, you, you would get that. And it's like, wait, that's all the stuff we already hate. We, it's just a different ball dude causing the same problems. What, what changed? What got fixed? Um, and th that would kind of be where my mind goes is asking kind of what changes here. If, if you bring in Petten and, and that's not to say that there can't be an answer to that question. Maybe Petten comes in and says, Oh yeah, Donatel did not blitz nearly enough. I'll blitz more. Like, okay. Well, we, we can like maybe work with that. Right. Um, or he'll call more, maybe I'll call more press this time. I learned my lesson in green Bay or whatever. And that's what you ask in the interview. Um, you know, having a guy who's been a defensive coordinator for so long in your building and not giving him a shot would maybe seem like, uh, a, a naive move. I don't think it would be a particularly disrespectful move to Petten. Um, I mean, you know, ask him, Hey, are you interested in this job? And if he says, if he says yes, sure. Interview him like kind of whatever, no, no harm in an interview. Um, but I don't want to downplay the odds of this actually being the way that they go or they go, we'll just keep continuity. And like, that's the pitch, right? I, I went over 
um, all of the different pitches for what the other defensive coordinators would represent, kind of what the take is, uh, where, for example, you know, hiring Brian Flores, the take is moving to zone match didn't work. We're going to go back to the old ways. We're going to go back to the old system and we're going to, uh, and if there are growing pains for the young guys or whatever, we're going to cover that up with a whole bunch of blitzes and Brian Flores is a good blitz designer. Like that's the idea. And when Ryan Nielsen, the idea is, well, we just don't think the leadership was there on defense and Ryan Nielsen, Ryan Nielsen's a leadership guy. So we're going to bring him in and it's going to be a culture. We're going to fix it with culture. Like we fix the offense with culture. Um, and like, that would be the, the, the pitch that they're trying to sell to you. Um, the pitch with Petten is, we don't think this problem is systemic. We think it was localized to Ed Donatel specifically. Uh, and we think in a second year in this scheme, things are going to turn up a lot. And so we don't want to change that much. And I think my biggest problem with that is that all of the things, all of those positives are also represented by Sean Desai, who has a much more versatile background uh, and, is known for playing more press, which the Vikings need. It just feels like he, he answers, he addresses that particular concern. The one where the one that I've been preaching, which is, you know, yeah, these guys struggled in their first year, but I think we can project a year two leap just kind of cause that's how it goes. And if you're going to go with that and say, let's give these guys a year two, I struggle to see what Mike Pettin offers that Sean decide doesn't outside of experience but experience doesn't count for a lot when you have a lot of experience being bad at the job. And that is my perception of Mike Pettin, at least on an NFL standard, right? Like he has coached a lot of bad defenses and I have concerns of that. Now he's a very well-respected guy in the league and I'm not exactly going to come out and be like, that guy doesn't know how to coach. That would be insane of me. <laughs> like I'm, I don't have that much hubris, but um, I have concerns over the track record and, and, and his results, which I think is more than fair. I want to think about the idea of continuity a little bit more um, when it comes to defense and what the value of continuity is and sort of in a cost benefit sense. So we're going to, we're going to do that. But before I get into it, if you are looking to gramble on the uh, NFL playoffs or shoot, you know, NBA or NHL, you can find all of that at FanDuel. It's our new sports betting partner for Locked On, and we're super stoked because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have a whole bunch of great features that make betting very easy. They have everything you could ever want for player props and, um, you know, the spreads, odds, lines, all the all the classic stuff. Uh, you can bet on, again, sports wide and all of that, and you can even... Uh, put together a same game parlay and get real into the, the game. Try to up those winnings. New customers you can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. All on an app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out Lockdown NFL, previewing the conference championship games. And hey, go to my Twitter page and watch the Christian Jair sock cut up. <laughs> uh, it should be up shortly after this goes up on uh, YouTube. 
So go to my Twitter page and, and find it. It's, uh, it's good. Um, it's insane. It's, I think, 57, 58 clips of Darasaw being violent and dominating people. Um, so if you're in- interested in that. <laughs> um, so can you tell I've been watching a lot of Darasaw this week? Uh, I digress. So with Mike Pettin, he represents a certain amount of continuity on defense, right? And continuity is something of a scary word, right? Especially with the Wilfs. And man, I have seen, I've gotten DMs and uh, replies and people in mailbags and stuff who really, really, really hate that the Wilfs refuse to be bad, which is hilarious. Um, like, try explaining that to a Martian. Oh, yeah, this fan of the sports team, they're really mad that the, that the team wants to be good. Like, they really don't want the team to be good. And, and they don't want the team to try to be good. And they're really upset about it. <laughs> what? Um, and of course, it's, this is people who want to tank. And I, I've said my like tank thing a million times. Um, so I, I won't bog you down with it. But people really don't like the idea of continuity. Essentially, the argument goes, hey, that defense was not good. And you're not going to win a Super Bowl with that defense. And I've even heard some people say that the Wilfs like, aren't interested in winning a Super Bowl, which is asinine. Um, that's They've very directly told you the opposite. And I think their actions also tell you the opposite that they are not worried about being stuck in eight and eight forever and losing tickets because of that, because that they're that much closer to a Super Bowl. And you can probably hear it kind of in my tone. I don't mind continuity as an abstract concept. I, I think that there is, I mean, there are advantages to it for sure. And to the point where if something is, you know, a D minus, keeping it together for a year and doing nothing might make it into a C, right? And that means free improvement just by keeping the band together. Uh, that there, there's no cost. You don't have to spend a draft pick on it. You don't have to spend cap space on it unless there's an extension or something. Um, just by not cutting players, you get players to play better because they have another year together in the same system and blah, blah, blah. That's very efficient. And I like that. Um, that does not mean that I am at, like averse to changing things that aren't working, right? Um, and so we need to go over what isn't working and kind of identify the problem areas and then figure out what they are. And I think with the way the Vikings have approached defensive coordinator so far, I think we get a really clear sense of what they think that is until they put Mike Betton in the mix, who kind of represents a rejection of all of that um, and goes with, well, let's just go with the in-house guy and not change anything, which is kind of why I don't like the move. Um, I say it's too much continuity. I like continuity, but that's too much. I am normally very much in team, keep things together and, and, and keep things going. And I think if you just go through the defensive roster and you ask, will a second year in the system help this guy? It's like universally, yes, right? I mean, there are some players who are just kind of beyond hope, right? There are some guys that just like aren't very good and I just don't think an extra year in the scheme is, is going to fix it. Um, most of those players like aren't starting or whatever, right? But if you look at a guy like Lewis Seen, who was making the same transition everybody else on the defense was making from a man match cover seven scheme. That's what they run at Georgia is very similar to what we were running with Zimmer. So they were kind of making the same transition as Eric Hendricks, who struggled and year two would be good for him. Daniel Hunter, who kind of was off to a slow start in the beginning of the year and kind of only came on in the back half of the season. Year two will be helpful for him. 
And it would be asinine not to expect the same thing for a rookie who was also pile on top of that transitioning to the NFL and to avoid the perception of being a total bust. He had to do it in the first four weeks of the season, which is impossible. I'm sorry. That's insane. If he, if, if you figured that out, I mean, Kyle Hamilton was bad in the first four weeks of the season too. He came on really strong at the end of the year. Who knows what would have happened with scene if he had stayed healthy. Um, I am concerned by the way, as an aside with scenes injuries, um, just because when you're rehabbing, you're not training as like the same way, right? You're, you're focusing your energy on rehab and not on like developing as a player. Um, so the whole thing really goes on pause. And I don't know if you can really think of it as year two, it's kind of rookie year, the sequel, which is a bummer. Um, cause you would hope he'd come along faster than that. You know, the rookie contract doesn't wait. Um, so all of that being said, you know, you can look at, Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum, Kendricks, Hunter, and all these guys and sort of project that a year two will help. And so that's sort of the point in favor of continuity. But Petten, like I said, represents too much continuity. With Desai, he will call a different chapter, but of the same playbooks or using the same terminology, the same sort of structure, the same hierarchy, the same types of assignments. So all the stuff that you've been practicing all year is still useful and you're just putting it in a different order. Um, it's it's kind of like switching from English to Mandarin Chinese uh, or from Mandarin to like Cantonese. It's like, oh, we're, we're doing some different stuff here. But once I've learned the characters, it's going to be a lot easier for me to sort of transition from one thing to the other versus I got to figure out what a B is. <laughs> you know, that's a little harder. Um, and especially because that's not how Chinese works. But... <laughs> The point is, um, when it comes to zone match and what those roles are, I don't think I've done a good enough job of being specific in kind of what I mean and what Petten would represent and kind of what stays with him. So I'll, I'll try to quick like itemize and um, go over that. Uh, but first, I want to talk to you about daily fantasy, but not your classic daily fantasy that you would find uh, where you have to put together a whole lineup and add a whole bunch of uh, people into it if you only just have like a couple players you think will do well how about prize picks instead with prize picks it's just you versus the house they have a player projection and you make an entry with however many of your favorite players and whether or not they'll do better or worse than their prize picks projection it is that simple it is that easy and it's a much better way to play the idea of like daily fantasy where these are my guys today and let's see how they all do it's actually two to six players now and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry if you nail it they have safe and fast withdrawals they're currently operational in over 30 states and canada and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less so download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com and play daily fantasy sports first time users get a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code locked on Deposit 100 bucks, prize picks will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50, prize picks will give you 50, and so on. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on when you sign up at prizepicks.com or on the prize picks app. So, I don't feel like I've been like substantive enough with you so far today. Uh, so, let me try to change that. Um, I've been meandering around the point, but the point is there are all these problems, and Mike Petton kind of represents this expectation that these problems will solve themselves. And you know, again, maybe they will. Um, like there's actually a reason to believe that maybe they will solve them, solve themselves, uh, but I don't buy it. <laughs> 
Like I get it, but I don't buy it. If that makes sense. Um, like one of those problems is that the Vikings stayed in soft zone too often. There was a lot made about like off coverage versus press coverage. If you listen to like Mina Kimes talk about the Vikings, that was her. She, she banged that drum really, really hard. Um, and a big reason for that is because the Vikings didn't really live in man coverage a lot, uh, for the first like three quarters of the season. They played in, you know, these cover six kind of, uh, quarters sort of structures, and those require the corners to play off. It's in the instruction. There isn't really an option to play press in a lot of those structures. So you play a lot of off coverage and then they kill you for seven yards a pop. And we didn't have the means to fix that for more complicated reasons uh, that I can point you to a Patreon video that I think is the best job I've done of explaining it. Um, but basically, you know, there were just these holes in those zones and teams found them and the Vikings didn't really have a way to paper them over. Um, Petten, I don't think represents a change from that. I think you would see a lot more soft zone. And I think that is probably my single biggest problem with this as a hire is not that I think that Petten is this super incompetent guy. You don't get a career that long in the NFL without doing something a little bit right. I mean, guys get fired all the time in the NFL, even when they're long respected people with a lot of connections and friendships like Ed Donatel, right? Um, so there is some merit to being able to you know, be a coach, but the problems that plagued the Vikings come down to something I think that Mike Pettin would do as well. He also runs that same base, that kind of three, four, but it's more of like a five, two, four, where you've got the, the five men on the front and then one of Zadarius Smith or Daniel Hunter is backing into coverage in base if you're not sending five. Um, that is exploitable. So much the Vikings did a great job of exploiting it for three years when he was in Green Bay um, and put up some of their best games against Green Bay, to be honest, uh, in, in those years. Um, you know, you you would get Preston Smith in coverage and that would be that. Um, and Joe Barry's doing a lot of the same stuff, like going from Mike Pettin to Joe Barry for the Packers feels like it would be a really similar move to going from Ed Donatel to Mike Pettin all these guys kind of come off the same tree and, and subscribe to the same philosophies. And I don't think you need to be that samey to preserve the sort of momentum and progress that individual players made over the course of the season. You know, like Daniel Hunter got better over the course of the season. You don't want to erase that. And I get it. Um, but I don't think you would be erasing that if you went with the side, for example. And even with somebody like Flores, who's a bit of a chameleon schematically, I mean, he has worked in three, four structures and I think he would be able to work with, you know, a team that sort of half installed zone match, but is still half, you know, their doors, their, their foot is halfway through the door to man match and stuff. Like, I think he would be able to work with those teams, which is why I like those two guys a lot. The other problem is blitzes. Mike Petten. I don't think he was that blitz heavy. Um, I don't think he was blitz heavy enough in Green Bay. Any uh, hate watching Packers fans that want to hear me talk about this, um, I don't know. Hit me up. <laughs> let me know because I, I didn't follow the Packers that closely. But my understanding from afar was that they didn't send enough. They didn't get enough pressure, and they didn't send enough pressure. Um, when they did, it was interesting and exotic and fun, and you kind of hoped you you saw that this year, and that's kind of the other part of this. Like I said, Pettin was on this defensive staff, the defensive staff that failed so badly that they fired the defensive coordinator 
Patton was in all those rooms. So where were those exotic blitzes this year? You know, when we didn't call it, a lot of times it came out really vanilla. Um, so where was all that stuff, right? What has Mike Patton done here other than be a friend and mentor to the head coach to deserve this job? And I don't have a great answer to that question. Um, so I'm pretty vehemently against this idea. But like it was with head coach, if you go listen to me talk about all the head coaches, I made sure to uh, to qualify a lot that, of course, I give it a chance, right? If, you, if, they, if they give if they bring in Mike Pettin, I think people who are in that press conference should ask, hey, why should we expect anything to be any different, right? I think there are tough questions to be asked, and I think the beat should ask them. I don't think they need to hear that from me. Um, but at the end of the day, when week one rolls around, all right, show me what you got then. And we'll, I've got my hypothesis that I think this won't work, but if they prove me wrong, I'm, I'd be more than happy to accept it. I'd rather not be in that world. Um, so we'll see what happens. We will talk tomorrow about whatever. Um, we're we're kind of still in this this whatever world. Um, they'll interview Brian Flores, and then hopefully by next week we know who the defensive coordinator is. It seems like they're pretty much ready to make those distinctions unless there's somebody like on the Eagles staff or something that they're waiting to interview because they didn't get it in in the first round of the playoffs when they maybe uh, when they were still you know preparing so for for a for a game. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. Um, we either like find out next week or we don't find out for a while, which tells us that they're looking at someone that they just can't talk to yet, but we'll keep an eye on all of it. Um, I will talk to you about whatever tomorrow. And as always, skull.